You're listening to episode nine of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. You know, the hard choices of motherhood really kind of got to me. I didn't work for 10 months, uh, which is wrong, even the statement. But look, we are so conditioned. I worked really hard because I had three kids at home. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Thank you for thank you for saying that. Right. And I want to really say it again that, you know, every mom is a working mom. And our culture is so deceiving, making us feel like we're doing nothing while being mom. Welcome to the Raise Your Hand Motherhood Podcast, a place where you just might find or hear a tiny piece of your motherhood reality. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, an educator, writer, and emotionally frazzled toddler mom. If you've ever felt lonely in your motherhood journey or asked yourself, am I the only one experiencing this? Then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each episode focuses on a different but common motherhood struggle, where we discuss the ups, the downs, and the WTFs with moms from all around the world. So whether you're stroller pushing and podcasting yourself around the neighborhood, waiting at the doctor's office for your next fertility treatment, or listening with a well-deserved glass of wine at the end of another full day of motherhood, welcome. I hope you can relate to some of what you hear in today's episode, and get ready to raise your hand if you do. Hey, mamas, and welcome to episode nine of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Raylan Minka, and today we're talking about time, or rather, the seemingly lack thereof after becoming a mom. In this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Aga Lavranovich about reclaiming our time and ourselves, really. Aga is a Seattle-based life coach for busy moms, and she strives to help women redesign their lives and win back their time. Now, does that sound spectacular to anybody else, or is it just me? Aga and I talk about who she was before becoming a mom and a stepmom, how she went from a successful consultant in the oil and gas industry to a life coach for busy supermoms, and what she's learned and now teaches others about the most difficult transition she's experienced yet. Motherhood. If you've ever found yourself wishing you had more time since becoming a mom or found yourself missing the person you were before motherhood, this might be just the episode for you. It's a great chat, so don't miss it. Later in the episode, you'll hear from Becca and Brooke. They're friends, licensed therapists, co-founders, and creators of In This Moment Box. It's an experiential subscription box service designed for both children and their parents and aims to make mindfulness an accessible and easy practice for the entire family. Becca will share more about it later, but if you like fun gifts, prepackaged educational crafts for your kiddos, and a chance to learn how to slow down and enjoy the moment, have a listen. I'll have a promo code at the end of the show for any moms interested in trying it out. Brooke will also share her thoughts on loss of identity after motherhood in this week's segment of Thoughts from a Therapist. Okay, mamas, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. I was recently visiting with a friend I hadn't seen in a few years, and her eight-year-old son asked how long it had been since we'd last seen each other. She told him it was about two years. And he very wisely and hilariously responded, Wow, Mom, where did the time go? I laugh now thinking about it because I think it's a question a lot of mothers ask themselves on a pretty regular basis. Where did all the time go? We all know it can be difficult enough to find time in the day for all the things that come with being a parent. For parents of newborns, time is eaten up by the eat, sleep, poop, try to remember to shower schedule. 
For parents of toddlers, time disappears into daycare drop-offs, pickups, meals, bedtime routines, and imaginative play. And when our kids get a little older, we take them to soccer practice or karate lessons or we host sleepovers. And then there's that never-ending laundry pile, the grocery shopping, PTA meetings. Well, you name it, the days are full. It's not surprising that we don't have a whole lot of free time left over for ourselves anymore. Or for doing the things that we used to do all the time. Or even the things that make us or made us feel really good. Aga Lavranovich is doing her best to help mothers claw back some time for themselves. As she puts it, you can have fun, follow your dreams, and be a great mom at the same time. Let's welcome Aga to the show so she can share her story and her methods for busy mamas. Hello. Hello. How are you? Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Welcome to the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast, and just thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, I'd love to just jump right into it because toddlers only nap for so long, and mine is currently asleep in the next room, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Ray, for having me here, and thanks for doing it. This is so important to amplify motherhood situation, I would call it. Yes. Yeah, and that's one of the that's why I'm so glad to have you um, here to share your story because it sounds really, really interesting. Um, to start us off, Aga, can you give the listener a little bit of a snapshot of who you are and what it is that you do right now? Uh, so my name is Aga Lavrinovich, and I'm a life coach for moms. Even though people often um, get confused and think that I'm a parenting coach, I am not. I work with women to help them be women first and then moms. Oh, that's so great. Um, so before you got into this, which is so interesting, you used to be a career woman in the oil and gas industry. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, I have almost 15 years oil and gas industry career. I started on, <laughs> how did I, you know, I saw this question, how did I get into it? And I realized that my life is actually kind of a race against patriarchy. Uh, because I actually um, I have a master's degree in micropaleontology, and I wow. had two uh, like two and a half PhD positions, you know, after finishing my master's in um, in different universities in Germany and in Poland. And then somehow I realized that my life in academia would be miserable because I would have to wait for some old guys to die for my work to matter. Oh wow. And at the same time, I got this uh, job offer from the oil and gas industry. And because of it, I have an engineering degree in geology, um, I started as a field engineer in the oil, oil and gas industry. So I worked basically in the field on oil rigs. I work, wore coveralls and... <laughs> and um, interesting beginning. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so what, was your, what were your roles and what was your day-to-day -day like? When I worked in the field, my day-to-day -day like was was very unpredictable. It was very uh, crazy, rather, because sometimes the shifts took thirty-six hours. Because what I did was measurements in the borehole, so I had a set of tools that I had to kind of with my team. We we had to um, lower it into the borehole and acquire measurements from which then were analyzed to see whether there is hydrocarbon, or it's easy to get out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was my first kind of job for a few years I did it and I traveled pretty a lot with this uh, in this job because um you know I was I lived for about a year in Turkey so basically my life was work hard play hard 
like yeah. <laughs> I was single most of that time. Mm-hmm. So um, so it was easy to do this job. But then after working in Turkey for almost a year, uh, I was in the Southeast Turkey in Kurdistan. Um, I applied for a job as a consultant. So I that's how I started being petrophysicist. And then that was an office job in the Netherlands. And that was totally different. I worked a lot, but it was more balanced. But getting back to the race against the patriarchy, Ray, uh, it is, <laughs> you know, when I when I went to college, I felt like, okay, I want to have better life than my ancestral women who were pretty dis- disempowered, you know, under the circumstances they lived. And this first reality check when I felt like, oh my gosh, someone has to die for me to matter. I don't want to do it. And then yeah. I finally got this job where it was, there were, there were lots of women relatively, lots of men as well. But uh, in the oil and gas industry, finally, I had this feeling of being, having some kind of power, a lot of money, freedom, you know. So that was really the feeling that, yeah, I made it mm-hmm. in this system. But there is a continuation later. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then what happened? And then I became a mother and I realized, ah, oh, no, patriarchy is not the story of the past. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Okay. Well, let's use that to transition into my next question, which is about transitions. So you've shared in your online space, I've read that motherhood was the biggest transition in your life. Can you tell me a little bit about your own? personal motherhood journey and how that started and what was the timeline and how did that fit into that oil and gas period? Yeah. So I lived in the Netherlands. I met the love of my life who is now my husband. And um, my husband has two uh, sons from his previous marriage. Um, At the time, they were eight and, and 11. And by the time when we started to plan a family, we decided we need to move to America. I am in Seattle now. That's when you know, we, we moved when I was mm-hmm. pregnant. Um, so I decided to take a break from the oil and gas industry. And first I became a stepmom. And then a few months later, I gave birth to my first kid. <laughs> and it was really hard because like many people, I was much better parent before becoming a mom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I totally knew what to do with the children before I <laughs> I had my own children and stepchildren. So suddenly <laughs> I was confronted with this. Plus, you know, the hard choices, the, the hard hard choices of motherhood really kind of got to me. I didn't work for 10 months, uh, which is wrong, even the statement, but look, we are so conditioned. I worked really hard because I had three kids at home. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for thank you for saying that. Right. And I want to really say it again that, you know, every mom is a working mom. And this is so our culture is so deceiving, making us feel like we're doing nothing while being moms. Yeah. And so I had these three children and and after 10 months I felt like, you know, I really need to do something else. So I started my consulting business. I had pretty good connections and projects of petrophysicists were quite widely available in my industry at that time. Mm-hmm. So um, my my consulting business was pretty successful. I had good clients and lots of projects, you know, and until I felt like I didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And tell me more about that. What was, what was that moment for you? you? You know, because this whole thing is about like my myself finding my identity after motherhood. Something that a lot of moms are searching for. 
Yes. And, you know, and I had a very deep epiphany around it because, you know, before kids, I had this career that was pretty cool. You know, I worked internationally. I was really having a lot of freedom, lots of money. And it was really cool. And I felt like a part of a team. And suddenly here I, I was in America having a baby that who never slept and two stepsons, school age. And I started this again and it just didn't make sense to me. Calculating hydrocarbon saturation was suddenly something that I absolutely did not care about. And mm -hmm. I realized that actually the feeling that I'm missing from my previous life is not coming to me through making money as a petrophysicist. Yeah. So actually what was the turning point for me was when I was pregnant with my second baby, I, uh, I worked on a project and I rushed to preschool to get my older daughter and I slipped on the stairs in the winter and I fell. Nothing happened, luckily, but I felt like um, maybe that's a sign for me to take a break and think right. about my life. And I took a break, which led me to, you know, to a rock bottom. <laughs> and here I am today, you know, <laughs> that's a long story. Wow. So, yeah, that's, it's just such a battle, isn't it? Um, you know, the last episode actually of the podcast was, uh, episode six of the podcast was about the life of a working mom. And I really think that you're touching on a lot of the, the things that were discussed in that episode. And I've spoken to a lot of working moms who feel this internal battle between wanting to be more present with your children and in your family, but also feeling like you don't have enough time and also feeling like, you know, you you have this pull to want to be doing something, but what is that something that you want to do? And after motherhood, your identity changes and you have to figure out who you are again. And uh, and then there's the whole piece of the like invisible labor of motherhood and, and how, as you say, that is a lot of work. So how did you shift into this business that you have, choose clarity? And and I, I'm just I want to I want you to explain to the listener what 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 this business is and who it's for. Ray, you know, you just said so many things that deeply touch me because and honestly, I could talk about these things forever just because because of my own experience as well as all the moms I work with. So how Choose Clarity was born was this, you know, my journey to look for my identity to have this epiphany that the BS identity I used to have, it's not really it. But what is the it? You know, what is it? Yeah, what is the it? Right? And what what what, what helped me was starting to meditate. But before I even got there, my, my main struggle, Ray, was this, what many moms have. When you used to have a career, you used to have some kind of power, you used to have, you know, I'm a recovering type A. So, <laughs> I love that. So you feel like, oh, my life is under control. You have this illusion of control because you're never really in, in control. You have, you know, of course, it's all mindset you can talk about. But, you know, life is unpredictable and nothing shows you better how unpredictable life can be than motherhood. Um, right. But then, of course, when I was uh, a mom and a stepmom, I didn't work. I'm saying that in, you know, quotation marks. In air quotes. Yeah. Right. Air quotes here. Definitely. Very strong ones. So I felt like everything must be perfect. Gourmet meals, empty laundry basket, tidy house, you know, everything just so. And that exhausted me because, of course, you know, of course, family likes having a, you know, serene, serene environment in a home, but it doesn't need to be so type A. And that exhausted me. So I started meditating because I felt like I, yeah. I went to therapy. I started then meditating because I felt like I can't live like that. I'm going to... I would rather die than live like that. 
And that was yeah. my rock bottom. So the meditation, you know, my meditation teacher invited me to this training to teach meditation to teens, which was great because my stepsons were teens at that time, yeah. which yeah. gave me pretty huge understanding of what they're going through. But I decided that what I need to do is help moms because I really feel it. I feel how complex it is. I feel like this is this deception in our society that right now we can vote, we can make some money, but once we become a mother, it's all kind of half gone. And when with becoming a mother, women also approach the invisibility zone. Now I'm 46, so I'm getting well into the invisibility zone. Tell me more about what you mean by that. Can you explain that more? Oh, sure. We kind of, in our life, we move through archetypes, right? Like you were a child and then we're becoming the mate who is super sexy and adventurous and discovering things. And then um, we move into, when we decide to um, start a family, we may move into this kind of caregiver archetype, mother. And then we move into crone, crone, which is like old wise woman. And the most visibility and attention in our culture, who gets made the sexy woman, right? Yeah. And the more gray hair, the more wrinkles, the more invisible we become. And I'm on a mission to help women to be crones and goddesses in this phase of life. Because, you know, moms often tell me, Ray, that, gosh, you know, I used to be so, I used to feel so attractive, so hot. Like, how am I, how am I supposed to feel hot right now? Like, I'm a mom. As if moms yeah. can't be hot. Like, we can. We can be adventurous. We can have fun. We're still human beings. And I feel like while not offering enough support and understanding of this new role and this huge transition of motherhood, we also get put in this kind of a void, you know, like too much fun. Oh my gosh. She's very frivolous, you know, too sexy. Oh my gosh. What a slut. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, she's too loud. Gosh, what a bitch. So, you know, so living in a void as a mom is really tiring. So I, I like to, Help women get out of the void, have some fun, have some fulfillment, go for their dreams, go for their passions, be human beings apart from being moms. That sounds so wonderful. And can you you talk a little bit about what some of the programs that you specifically offer, I mean, your programming is offered for moms, but can you talk a little bit about some of the specific programs that you offer through Truth Clarity? So I have a few one-on-one offers and I occasionally offer groups, group uh, programs as well. So one-on-one offer, I have a strategy session, which is like an urgent care for busy moms. Like, you know, moms who really kind of, you know, I can't do it anymore. You know, like they book this one session, which is one hour session. Give me some tools. Help me find some tools. Exactly. To get some direction and kind of get some sanity and affirmation. And I also offer the Power Mom Method, which is a three-month program. And this program is uh, two sessions a month. So it's six sessions plus unlimited Voxer support. Voxer is a free platform, you know, messaging, um, voice messaging and messaging platform. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really kind of leading women through diving into her identity, kind of editing her life to see to make space because editing life is not cutting off stuff, but just making space for what you want. And a third part is kind of finding the juiciness to put in the space you made and creating oh, rituals cool. and finally basking in this lovely power. That sounds wonderful. That's the power mom method. 
That's the Parma method. And I also have a program called the Liberated Mother, which is a five modules program for groups. I may offer it online and um, just, you know, self-study. And it covers everything from identity to self-love, sensuality, power, creating space. So that's another one, but it's not on offer right now. I'm just finishing a session with women with that. And I just finished a new online program, which is called The Radical Self-Care for Busy Moms. It's a very short and sweet, uh, bite-sized videos with some worksheets to fill out and ponder and journal. And it's really super um, affordable. It's just $23. So it's life in a few days. Well, well, to all the mamas who are listening, don't worry, I will link all of these in the show notes so that you can uh, check out Choose Clarity online yourself and take a look at all of these amazing programs. In your experience working with mothers, what would you say are the biggest blocks or the things that are interfering with moms feeling like they have time? Like right before they get to the point where they come speak with someone like you and learn how to edit their lives, what are the things that are blocking them or getting in their way? Two things I would say. Finding time. You said that, but actually this is a really big one. You know, moms don't have time for themselves. Um, And the second one is guilt. They're kind of the same because, you know, feeling guilty. I'm I'm too guilty to prioritize myself. I can't do it because there's so many more important things. So those are the two obstacles I see. Yeah. Oh, man. I just like was, (laughs) you can see it, but the listener maybe can. I'm just bobbing my head along. Yep. Yes. And, and. What are the biggest strategies or the most common strategies that you offer moms when they come speak with you on reclaiming their time? Like, what are those first steps, the first things that they need to do? In fact, for everyone who listens, I have a free download exactly about that. It's called Time for Mom Framework. And in this framework, I explain exactly the three tricks to reclaim your time. And I want to say that the first one is the clarity. You know, my business is called Choose Clarity. Clarity yeah. is empowering. So clarity, which is, I'm going to reveal just one of the tricks yeah. here, is having clarity on what is your most important value? What is it that you want to embody in your life? In your life. Your life. Not not your family life. Exactly. Or your your exactly. life. <laughs> but, you know, just to make it more uh, more convincing to moms, I always say, Look, if you want something for your children, if you tell them something, what is important, they may not listen, but they watch They watch you all the time and they do what you do. So if kindness is most important to you, how do you embody it in your daily life? And, you know, the caveat is you can't be really kind to people when you're not kind to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the first one is really... Being clear, what is my one top one you know, value or maybe top three values and how do you manifest them in daily life? What do you do? How, how those values show up when you interact with yourself and other people? Mm-hmm. Very important with yourself and other people. Yes. Yeah. So this is, Aga has just shared one tip from her. Um, can you tell me the name of it one more time? I downloaded it. Um, a couple of days ago, but the time for mom framework. Yes. Time for mom framework, And that is a free download on your website. And I will also link to that in the show notes. Um, it's just a really nice taster from what I've, what I've seen and read and looked around on, on your website. It's a really nice taster of the programs that you offer. So I yeah. highly recommend anybody listening that you download this, this um, framework from Aga. 
Um, there's a few questions that I ask everybody that I interview for the podcast. And the first one I want to ask is what has surprised you the most about motherhood? The loneliness. Yeah. The loneliness when the, you know, when the kids are little and you, you rarely get a moment just for yourself, but still there is some overwhelming loneliness. You know, the feeling that, you know, who's, who here understands me. Mm. (laughs) So that definitely was quite surprising. That just like hit me right here because that's the whole reason that that I've I put this podcast together is Aww. is um, because of that feeling that I felt as as a mom as a new mom you know and feeling like am I the only one and so thank you for sharing yeah. that that's yeah um, I'm curious from a personal perspective for, but also from your perspective as a mompreneur um, in choose clarity do you have any must haves for motherhood? things that helped you in those moments, like in those moments of struggle or challenging times, um, either personally or in your business? As a minimalist, I don't have any things that I will recommend here, but what I will mention definitely is something life-changing for people to learn how to take time to just be, even if it's five minutes, because as moms, we have so much on our plates. We always on the go. And from this mode, you know, being on the go mode, it's hard, it's, it's very easy to get into the autopilot mode. And um, that's why I think it's important to train ourselves to sometimes stop and have no agenda, even if it's for 15 minutes, even if it's for five minutes, no agenda, nothing needs to be accomplished. And wonderful things can happen. You may want, maybe read a book, maybe you go around the block, maybe you connect with your kids. Whatever comes up, no agenda. So that's my big life changer. Mm, that's excellent. Thank you. Aga, I, I'm just so happy that I was able to have you on the on the podcast because I just feel really connected to everything that you've been saying and sharing. And I know that a lot of other mothers will too. Um, before we wrap up, can you share the best way for people to get in touch with you or find out more about the programs that you offer through your business? The easiest way, if you are a social media person, I hang out on Instagram as a business. So I'm there. I I create a lot of free content. There are lots of little reels as well as weekly, at least, I I record a live video about some relevant subjects for moms. So chooseclarity.io is my handle. And that's also my website, chooseclarity.io. And through my website, you can message me. You can check out my programs. You can read my story. You can see, you know, what I do. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for raising your hand with me today, Aga, and choosing to do this important work for busy super moms everywhere. I just really enjoyed our chat so much. Thank you so much, Ray, for having me. And I really am honored to contribute to this podcast because I find it so important to raise the awareness around motherhood. Hey, mamas, welcome back. Aga spoke just now in our interview about the importance of finding time for yourself to just be, but also to discover what it is that you want out of your life, outside of or alongside of being a mom. It can be so easy to lose sight of who we are and experience this loss of identity as mothers. My next guest, Brooke Sumi, licensed therapist, co-founder of In This Moment Box and mother of three, is going to share her thoughts on why we feel this way and how we can address it and learn from it. 
My name is Brooke Sumi. I'm a licensed therapist and co-owner of In This Moment Box, a monthly subscription service that helps families implement mindfulness practices into their busy lives. I'm really excited to be here with you today to look at and speak to the question, why do so many women feel a loss of identity after motherhood? And I think to speak to this question, we really need to look at the idea of roles. Um, So I think in our society, in our culture, we really identify ourselves based on our roles. Earlier, as I introduced myself, I said my name and told you that I was a licensed therapist and an owner of the business. Those are just roles that I play. I am also a mom, which is a role. I'm a wife, which is a role. I'm a daughter, friend, pet owner, etc. These are all roles that we play in our lives. Um, and because we we identify ourselves and introduce ourselves and speak about ourselves in terms of these roles, it makes sense that people lose their sense of identity when they become a mother or a parent, because these roles can be all-encompassing at times, especially when kids are are younger and, you know, keeping them just alive is really, it's difficult and it is an all-encompassing job. So it truly does make sense that people, women feel this this loss of identity um, beyond motherhood because it really does take up a lot of our time, energy, and focus. Um, We're also then forced to kind of assess what other roles we want to take on because we have limited time and energy and space for other things. So when you become a mom, you drop things that you were doing. You drop roles, these identities that you once had. I'm no longer part of a book club. I'm no longer part of a gym. I'm no longer part of a a board. All of these things I had to let go of because I just didn't have room for them anymore. And so where mindfulness comes into this idea, part of being mindful and present is being really compassionate with yourself. And I think for women, a lot of times it's scary and unknown. They don't really know how to define or identify themselves anymore beyond motherhood because motherhood also changes you. So it's actually, you have to to learn and really think about beyond our conditioning. Uh, what do we like to do as a parent, as this, in this new life, in this new world, how do I want to be and what do I want to do? Um, just a, a point to this. I would encourage people to look beyond um, their roles for their identity. I don't believe that we could, we can identify ourselves based on one, two, three, or four roles. So a way to do this is just kind of another mindfulness practice actually is just kind of ask yourself, who are you beyond your roles? It's kind of a fun way to, to meditate and think about it. Another question posed is what are some of the symptoms a woman could present if she's struggling with this loss of identity beyond motherhood. Um, and I, I want to quickly say that each person's story is unique to them. But I think in general, symptoms are fear-based. And so we see a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of shame, these fear-based responses, which could manifest in in different ways for different people, but the commonality is the fear, which again makes total sense because we live in a society where we identify ourselves through our roles 
and other people identify us through our roles. So when our roles change or disappear, that is a very scary piece. We, it could actually feel like a piece of us is no longer there. And so how might this affect our relationships? Well, what we know is that we are happiest in the present moment. So when we are depressed or anxious or having those depressed or anxious thoughts, we're outside of the present moment. And so those symptoms really prevent us from connecting with our with the people in our lives, with connecting to the roles that we were doing really prevents us from being the happiest we can be in the present moment. And consequently, unfortunately, that trickles into every single relationship that we have. What are some strategies for people who are struggling with a loss of identity beyond motherhood? I think a strategy is more awareness of the roles that we play in our lives. Like we talked about, parenthood is this all-encompassing role at times. The key is to not get lost in that role or any role for that matter. Um, we have to take time for ourselves. And, you know, parenthood, this idea of change comes up again. And so instead of fearing the change, a, a major strategy of mine would be embrace the change. This could be really, really exciting. You could have fun learning about yourself and who you are and who you want to be in this world. And so just thinking about things a little bit differently. Sure, you may have um, lost different identities along the way, but um, have fun with it and, and figure out what you want to do and what you're passionate about and take on new exciting roles for a short time, but ultimately recognize that our roles will forever change, shift and morph and that change is normal and it's good. Becca Jasperson is also a licensed therapist and co-founder of In This Moment Box, and she's going to share about their business as well as how mindfulness can benefit you and your family. Let's have a listen. I'm Becca Jasperson, and I am co-owner of In This Moment Box. Our business focuses on helping children and families learn and experience the benefits of mindfulness. In This Moment Box was born with this idea of using crafts to teach mindfulness to children and families in a fun and digestible way. Mindfulness, put pretty simply, is bringing your attention and awareness to the present moment on purpose. And while that might sound really easy, it's actually quite difficult if you've ever experienced anxiety or depression or really just in everyday life, we're often multitasking. And so it's really easy to be out of the present moment. And research has actually shown that most people are out of the present moment at least 50% of their lives. There's a lot of benefits to mindfulness because research also shows us that being in the present moment is when we are known to be the happiest. Each month focuses on a different mindfulness theme. So one month will focus on the breath, another month will focus on emotion regulation, and so on and so forth. And we do this to 
essentially make it more interesting for families, right? If we have a theme, we can tie it to different aspects of your life and hopefully make it more relatable. And so each month has a specific craft for the child to complete and the craft will be related to the theme as well. And then it also includes an item for the parent. So a gift, a household item that the parent can use. And the reason that we do this is because it's one thing for a child to know what mindfulness is. It's another thing for an adult to know what mindfulness is and implement that into their lives. And both of those things are really good and beneficial. But when both of them are experiencing it together, that's when Brooke and I believe the magic really starts. This is a joint experience for children to have with their parents and for parents to role model it directly to their children. Because we know that children learn best from what is role modeled to them. We can tell them all day what we think they should do, but they learn from actions and they learn from what they experience from those around them. And so not only will you get to teach these really important skills to your children, but you also get to reap the benefits of mindfulness and experience how it can help you with burnout and with your own emotion regulation as you're working to raise your children. Because you deserve to learn these skills as well and experience those benefits. Because we all know parenting is a lot of hard work. That is the premise of our boxes. We really strive to bring our own therapy skills into our boxes, our own mindfulness trainings and experiences, and break all of that down in a way that is digestible for children and families. So one thing that can be difficult is where do I really start with developing a mindfulness practice? It can feel overwhelming. And we believe that if we just start implementing mindful moments every day, it could just be one mindful moment a day. As we continue to bring that awareness to the present moment, just doing that once a day trains our brain to be more mindful. So our boxes will help you each month learn a new way to bring focus to the present moment and have more of those mindful moments with you and your children. And that fosters emotion regulation, it fosters connection, and just overall well-being. So we really hope that you will check us out. We are In This Moment Box at inthismomentbox.com, and we would love for you to let us help you start a family mindfulness practice. Hey, mamas, as we've talked about in today's episode, time is precious and we should spend it wisely. So thank you for making the time to listen today. And I hope you feel ready to take some steps towards mindfully reclaiming more time in your daily life. I'm right there with you, mamas, trying to scrape out a few free hours each day for work, for self-care, for second language learning, and for so much more that just never seems to fit. I, for one, will be considering how I can make some edits in my life to make time for more of the juicy, more of the things that I love doing, and more of the things that I value and want to model for my son. Thank you so much again to Aga, Becca, and Brooke for taking the time to speak with me for today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about their businesses or connect with them on social media, you can find all the links in the show notes. And while you're there, don't forget to download Aga's free resource, Time for Mom, Three Powerful Tricks to Reclaim Your Time. 
If you're curious about getting more mindful as a family and would like to try out the In This Moment box, you can use the code PODCASTMOM for a discount on your first trial. Speaking of time, maybe you can take a moment to help me out by talking about this podcast with somebody new this week. Help me spread the word so we can grow the community and keep finding interesting and inspiring guests for every episode. That's all for this week, mamas. Until next time. Hey, Mama. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Raise Your Hand Motherhood podcast. I made it for you, so I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so we can hang out together again soon.